Pablo for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karatha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we all know, a lot of us come for a six month to 12 month plan and end up staying a decade, like I did. <laughs> so this podcast series, we're gonna have a chat to everyday people that call Karatha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Karatha and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is photographer Mark McLaren. We have a fascinating chat on how Mark ended up in Karatha back in 2005, his love of photography, where are some great places to take photos around Karatha and what makes a great shot to Mark. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy my chat with Mark and his journey to call Karatha home. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Uh, now, you've been in Karatha since uh, 2005. People may slightly pick up on a bit of an accent. Uh, so let's rewind a little bit. How did you end up here in Karatha and the Pilbara? Just just to go back to the accent, it's a bit of a, I have got a bit of an accent. I don't know <laughs> if you can still hear it. It's Scottish <laughs> and I've been here for a while um, since, as you said, 2005. And when I go back to Scotland, people say, "Oh, what's with the accent? What's with the Australian accent?" So, oh, I, really? I mean, yeah, they think I'm putting on this Aussie <laughs> accent. And then when I'm here, no one knows what I'm saying. So I'm in I'm in no man's land with accents. Um, what was the question? <laughs> well, how did you end up here? Because you know, it is it is a unique place. You go back to 2005. Town was very different. That's 18 years ago. What made you decide, "Hey, I'm going to Karratha of all places." Yeah, well, it wasn't on my it wasn't on my plans. I just arrived. I just emigrated, in fact, and arrived in Perth, and I was in Fremantle, <clears throat> and I met a guy who said there was a boom about to kick off mm. up in the northwest in a place called Caratha, and I'd never, I'd never heard of Caratha, or you know, I'd, I'd travelled as a young kid at twenty all around Australia, all through the middle, like a few times, mm -hmm. and then, but I, I only got as far as Lehman. And as as far north as Darwin, but that whole northwest, I never, and all the times I came over to Australia, I never got here. And they said it's a building boom, it's a mining boom, it's all going to. I had no idea. And they said what they do is they fly in, they fly out, which is coming from Scotland. They don't do anything like no. that, you know, and, and what I was doing. So, yeah, I applied for a job up here um, with Transfuel Services at that time. And I got accepted. We came up. We stayed in the Bay Village, the old oh, yeah. Bay Village camp, mm -hmm. and it was a five five week on, one week off roster, oh. which we had no idea. We had never worked a roster before, so it was a very unusual thing. Where at first we were all excited. The camp was lovely. Mm -hmm. It was one of the better camps at the time. Um, had a pool and a gym, and we we're all in the the little towels. We get made into swans <laughs> on the bed, and it was it was brilliant. And then the five weeks would pass. Now, I think that people would be horrified that like, doing a five-week roster, you know, and and it was long days and the heat big. and all that stuff. And um, I, the, the first couple of swings, people started, it was okay for the first swing and the mm -hmm. second swing, people would start to get on each other's nerves mm. and, you know, start to implode a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> but that that's where I ended up here. So I had no idea about Karatha. I came up for the mining boom and it was, it was a bit of a shock to the system. I left Scotland, it was minus... 
18, one of the coldest winters <laughs> and flew into Caratha in January. Oh, wow. 45 degrees. <laughs> it's a big turnaround. It was like an- 60, 70 degrees difference. <laughs> I was, um, oh, I'm looking out the window as I'm landing in Caratha and everything was green. I was, and there's palm trees. I said, this looks really nice. Yeah. The azure blue waters. Oasis. Pa- it looks fantastic, you know. And then... I was at the f- the second seat from the front, and the stewardess stood up to open the door to let the the stairs Aye. and all that stuff. And as she opened the door, I, I always remember looking at her. She she was a, a young girl, she had her makeup on and all that. And I'm and I'm looking her eyes watering. And then I, I'm sure I seen the makeup starting to slide <laughs> <laughs> down her face. I was going on. She looked at me really. She was having a bad time, you know. Yeah. As I got to the front doors, as soon as I walked out. I, it was like, what? What is this? Like I thought the, I thought the plane was in fire. You know the heat. <laughs> yeah. And then the and then as I'm like, she's smiling at me, and I'm, and I, I got to the top of the stairs, and then the flies mm. just descended upon me, like you know, in my eyes, my mouth. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't think you ever forget that first time, especially if you've arrived in January, as I did as well. And I was coming here for work, and I remember I was very buttoned up. I had a suit jacket on, Mark, and I turned up got onto the tarmac and I nearly melted right there. It was January 16th. And uh, you don't forget that. You do not forget that first time you feel that heat. It was, um, no, you, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever felt as uncomfortable and as hot <laughs> and instantaneously yeah. from, you know, the only way you get is when you open the oven and you look in and see if your pies <laughs> yeah. are ready and you forget how close your head is. It was yeah. a, wee bit, a little, bit, a little like bit like that. But um, we got here and straight to the camp and, and all the rest of it. But it, it's amazing how quickly the body's a wonderful thing, how how mm. quickly you're accustomed mm. or you, you acclimatise. Now, being in Scotland, pure, nearly blue skin, you know, and then coming here, the sun must have loved me yeah. looking down and <laughs> what is that little thing? But it was, um, it was a, it was a, it was an eye-opener, mm. that's for sure, you know. It was a, a real eye-opener. Now, it's interesting because I only know you as a photographer, right? Um, but obviously back then... Were you dabbling in photography, or you obviously came up here not to do photography? But how does that sort of play into your story? I well, the the photography thing's always been part of my my life. It's always photography and video. It's always been running along parallel with okay. my business side of things. So I, I'm a carpenter by trade from early on in life, and then like a project manager, site manager mm-hmm. in construction projects in Scotland. And then I came over here and I was a manager. Uh, uh, when I first started up here and worked for all the players and worked in Tom Price and pa- lived in Tom Price, lived in Panawanaka, Exmouth mm-hmm. and Caratha and Dampier. And um, so my, my, my background is construction. The photography's always run in the background. So <laughs> the background of the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's run parallel with, with, with that life, you know. And obviously when you're, when you're here, when you go to these remote locations... The, the the bird life's very different. The rocks, are, everything, the whole mm. landscape is just so different from back home. Like where I live is like such a a green belt in central Scotland. You have uh, the rivers and all the rest of it, and the, the beautiful scenery in the forests. And then you come here, but it's a different thing. It's a different kind of beauty. You know, it's it's mm. a real and the solitude as well. It's the same. You have that solitude in these remote areas, which is which is lovely, which you don't usually find in such a <laughs> such a place. So, what do you prefer? Because we, we uh, I, I, I 
when I first came here, I was just blown away by the the remoteness and the the stunning landscape. And I, I made a sort of commitment to myself that I was like, I'm going to share a photo of Caratha or the Pilbara every day on the Triple M socials. And then it's just sort of grown and grown, and we share photos all the time, and we've short, shared many of yours, and they're, they're spectacular. So for you, what are you looking for to take that perfect shot? Is there something? You're driving around, you sometimes stop and you're like, oh, or do you set out for missions to take photos? What is it that makes a, a good that's a, photo that's a, that's a really good question. Um, a, a lot of people follow me on Facebook and social media and they, they send me they send me kind of questions and little messages along those lines. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. And for me, the, 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 the image is something, when I see something, it's something that resonates within me. That's, I can't explain it. And you'll see something where it just feels right, it looks right. I'm sure that in, in the laws of photography, the rule of thirds and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, there's where you try and balance your, your image. But there's certain images that you'll see, and everyone's the same. And the fact now that everyone has a phone, mm. everyone has the ability just to go out and take some beautiful, beautiful images. Um, and it's something that resonates with within you. It doesn't have to... Be, tick all the boxes in the photography world. If it resonates with you, it's a good picture mm-hmm. in my book, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if other people, if it resonates with other people, and then they, there's a buy-in as well. But I love writing. I love writing stories with why right. I took the picture and what it meant to me when I took it, what I seen mm-hmm. when I when I took the image, and it kind of it really helps tell the person that's looking at the image get an understanding of why that image exists. If you know what I mean, and do you have a preference as far as time of day, night time? Were you happy to capture anything? The the colours in the morning, mm. at, at sunset, and the golden hour. Sorry, the the colours in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, what that, time are you going to? Yeah, I'm, I'm just back from Scotland, so I apologise. <laughs> I'm still in Scottish time. <laughs> I'll get slagged for that. So the, the sunrise and the golden hour at sunset are obviously the best times. Yeah. Softer, softer lights. And if there's a little bit of cloud involved and some water and, you know, like over the, the sea or a mm. river, it kind of adds to the beauty of the image. And, and that's my f- my favourite times. Uh, yeah. Now, other than the Pilbara, you've done photos everywhere. Is there another favourite spot that you love taking photos? Um, I went to Iceland. Um, it was one of those, pl- Iceland and Malta, but Iceland is one of the most, a lot, you'll see a lot of photographers online and Iceland's a go-to place. If you Even if you're not a photographer, Iceland is one of those places, it's like another planet. I've mm. never, when I drove out the airport at Reykjavik, I, I drove along the, the southern coastline and I'd never seen anything like it. The landscape is so different and majestic and the, the size, the sheer, the sheer size of the waterfalls and then the, the, the glaciers, everything was just mind-blowing. Mm. It blew me away. Every time I, you know that way when you're driving along, you stop and take a picture. I was just constantly <laughs> you didn't get far. I, did, I think it was about four hours, and it was maybe a stone's throw from the airport. I was like, I need to get a wriggle on here. It was just constantly stopping. Yeah, and the roads are. It was just beautiful. Iceland's mm. a wonderful place to visit um, for that. But the Pilbara's the Pilbara's offers a lot of things as well. Once mm. you get out of the towns and and you go into the out by some beautiful little places, something little, the gorges here. Mm. Obviously, Carragini is just spectacular, but um, there's some beautiful places here. Uh, now, photography, the, the love of it, 
Where where did it come from? Was it part of your family growing up? Did your dad or mum take photos, or was it a school project? Like, how did it sort of become part of your life? I, I can't show him without showing my age here, you know. But I'm yeah. an old an old body, <laughs> and it was back in the day when you get twenty four exposures oh, on, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. old wind on cameras. Yep. And you would put them into the place. A week later, you get them back and they'd be developed. You never knew what you were going to get, did you? It was a lucky dip. Some were developed and some were just red lines through the middle or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always remember I had a camera and then I got a, I got a cine camera from my 10th birthday. Okay. And it was like a big deal, but a cine camera. I mean, that's how old it was, like Charlie Chaplin stuff. You know, but it was a colour cine camera. And I loved the fact that you could create that from a young age. You could, because at that time, TV... There wasn't the iPads or mm. YouTube, but you were just creating your own little world you, with your cine camera. And I loved the fact that you you could do that, and you and if you seen something nice, you you could record it. Cause sometimes your memory's not the best, mm-hmm. but you you could record it, and you could or with an image, you could share it with someone else. And now with the technology, now you can take an image or a video and share it with someone over the across the other side mm. of the world instantaneously, which of all the bad things about photography, sorry, all the bad things about social media, it's one of the best things. Mm. Some of the falls I have, are, I've had, they've been on my journey for the last seven years, and they're from everywhere, mm. from all over the world, and mm. and they've ne- they would never get to see the places I show them on, in the Pilbara. They're so remote these areas. Some of the places I go, so they, they they're there with me in the comfort of their own, their own home. Mm-hmm. And I think that aspect where you can share someone with someone and say, look at that, mm. you know, it's, it's it's a nice, I think that's the buy-in for me. But also, probably the biggest thing that it gives you, from from a construction world, when everything's 100 miles an hour, when you're out taking pictures in the countryside, then you see, you become, everything's kind of slows down. Mm. And and you start to, you start to look at clouds and the formation of clouds, and then the storm chase, and then everything just starts to slow down. You become more appreciative of what you're doing, mm-hmm. where you are. It's a real, it's a real nice way for anyone who's maybe living a bit of a hectic lifestyle just to take some time out and and, and refocus and resettle. It, it offers you that. But as part of its mm. the nature, you know, it's, it's a I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it gives you a real uh, presence, doesn't it? In, in the moment, you're totally just in totally. the moment, trying to get that and perfect if, photo. And if you're there for sunrise, if mm. if you go out in the morning for sunrise, there's usually no one there. It's you, the sun, mm-hmm. and whatever you are, and it gives you a, t- a good time for reflection. And the same with the sunset. It's, it's the most peaceful parts of the day, you mm. know, and it gives you a real nice. Um, calming feeling you know it's <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's, it's lovely uh well i'll ask you uh for someone that's in karatha right now maybe they are just starting to dabble in photography and we won't talk about any of the other secret little spots around town but somewhere that's very accessible for people if they're starting out taking photos is there a spot that you'd sort of point them to like hey go go there and try to take a photo at, at this time of the day is there, is there something that you think would be a good starting point for someone it's, it's the old trusted favourite. Hearson's Cove yeah. is such yeah. a it offers so much. Um, it's sunrise and sunset, so two different, two different dynamics, and especially with the tide has a, a major part in the, the image as well. And those little rocks on the right hand side, yeah. 
when you get up close and personal them and you take some pictures, you know, when someone's taking a picture, they always tend to take a big landscape picture. Mm. But when you actually get close to something, like really close, and go for a, a smaller shot, there's a lot more... It can be a lot more interesting than just a big expansive shot, you know. Mm. Like a real tight shot can mm -hmm. be a real. It can and those rocks, those little rock pools there. Mm. And I suggest anyone who's got a nice cam, a camera or a phone, take it down to those little rock pools at sunset and get just just crouch down and just put the camera level with the water with the rocks and and, and click. You'll be surprised what you can what you can capture. And Hearsons Cove is. Um, You'll see everybody, every photographer's down there taking pictures of families, and mm. it lends itself as a real nice backdrop. You know, it's lovely. Mm. Great suggestion, great suggestion. Uh, so, as we mentioned, you, you got to Karatha in two thousand and five. You've stuck around for eighteen years. Why? 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 Why did you decide to you know stay here in town? Another good question. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been asked that many times. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I have left. I have. I've went to Exmouth. I lived in Exmouth for about four years. But I was always working up here, mm -hmm. and um, I go to Perth like everyone. We go to Perth for weekends. Mm -hmm. I I'll tell you a story. I went, I went to Perth, went down, and hired a car and went down in Perth. And I, I literally got from the airport, and I just to the roundabout to turn onto the the road, the main road. And a guy was tooting his horn. Come on, beep! Come on! He's, and he was letting me know that I was going too slow. You forget when you're up here. And you're driving around Carrara and the Pilbara. Everything's really kind of chill. There's no one yeah. really horsing along. And then you get to Perth, <laughs> and it's, it's like driving Miss Daisy. You know, like <laughs> the only thing I was missing from my head was a little straw hat <laughs> with ribbons around it. You know, yeah. um, different pace of life, isn't it? Very different, very different. So I think that's that's the, 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 what you just said there. The pace of life, the kind of tranquility you can. I can hop, skip, and a jump. I'm camping in Fortescue River, like, mm -hmm. like most people. You're under a blanket of a million stars. There's the backdrop of those the rock faces with that red glow at sunset. I don't think you would find anywhere this is beautiful. Like, and you have the place to yourself. You can, mm. you can, you, you have the place to yourself. All the islands, the Dampier Archipelago, a place that I've spent so much time and a lot of diving. Do a lot of diving out there. Just spectacular diving. And of course, people say there's lots of sharks out there. There's <laughs> sharks everywhere. We're in Australia, you know. There's sharks everywhere, but as long as you're not doing anything silly, um, you just have to tell the sharks that. <laughs> but I think I think it's that. I think it's the tranquility, the peacefulness. I do like to go to sites. I love Melbourne. I like to go to Melbourne and, mm -hmm. and chill out there, um, and come back. And I, I, I like coming back. I like to go to Scotland, but I like to come back. Mm. And I love fishing. I love fishing and diving. So mm -hmm. the Dampier Archipelago is just world class, you know. Now, if I gave you the almighty power, Mark, you could change anything in town. You could bring something here. You could build something. Is there anything that you'd do in Carrara? Oh, I would love a kilt shop. <laughs> 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 a haggis, a haggis takeaway in a kilt shop. Um, the only thing, the only thing I would love to see is a real nice marina. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, like somewhere down here or back, somewhere we could have a, like you know, not, not what's that one in Perth, Hillary's, mm. not as not as flash as big yeah, as yeah, that, yeah. but some where it started, on we, the water. we can build on in the future, you know, because a, a lot of the boats here, 
it's all trailable. But it'd be nice to have like yachts. Yeah. I know they're all kind of anchored out at the yacht club in Dampier, but I'd love to see some sort of facility where you, people can go at night and walk out. And mm-hmm. I just, I just think it's a wasted, such a wasted opportunity. But what's on our doorstep, mm. especially with the tourism market that's hopefully coming. You know, there's a big tourism agenda, and I think that'd be such a good thing with boats coming here that they have a a place to kind of tie up and refuel and. Mm. Like a proper a proper setup. Yeah, well, it's funny because you sometimes forget when you're in Karatha. We're so close to the water, yet our living style is not on the water. You know, as far as uh, you, you always reminded when you come back over that hill past the the visitor center, you're like, oh yeah, the water's just there. But we're yeah. sort of built back from it. And I know there was a plan a long time ago uh, to dredge all the uh, the mud flats behind the now Pelago Towers. And bring the water all the way up there. Uh, Never, obviously, eventuated. But uh, to bring the water closer to down. Because, yeah, we're so far from it. It could be right there. But, I mean, a marina in Dampier would be great. I think uh, a king tide and a cyclone. I think the water. <laughs> I think the water will be lapping the doors. Like yeah, Pelago. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a few meetings in the past, and yeah. It, yeah. But um, yeah, I'd love to see. That's something I would love. I like that. Yeah, yeah a nice, a nice kind of damp, a nice um, marina damp here somewhere. You know, proper setup. Uh, so, what's next for you, Mark? What's next for you? Next well, I've got a few exciting things happening. Um, so, I've just written my first book. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. Congrats! Yeah, I'm on my second. So, the first one will be published. I won't, I won't, I won't um, tell you the title just okay. yet till it's properly published. Uh-huh. But I'll be more than happy to give you a copy as a yeah, yeah. Prize. We'll have to do something closer. Yeah, yeah. That. So, does, when's that come out? Hopefully, I'm hopefully next month. Wow! Yeah, next month, and the following one will be two months. I'm just finishing that off, so yeah, three months for the two of them will be out. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I must tell you just quickly. Do you remember Cyclone Damien? Yes. So I just got a heads up. I done a I done a documentary with Cyclone Damien with all the footage I recorded for it. Wow! I get contacted with this company in um, London. Uh I thought it was a joke. This lady had phoned up, she goes, hi Mark, it's um, whatever her name was, and she said, look, we're really, we love your footage. I said, all right, who is this? Because yeah. <laughs> you your friends pranking you from the UK. Who is No, no, we love it, we're doing a, we're doing a, a TV show. I said, okay, it's the world's wildest weather for BBC Earth ah. and Discovery. And we want your footage. Wow. I said, oh. I, I, that's what I said. Wow. <laughs> and I'm more Scottish. And so, so they bought all the footage and all that stuff. And then they interviewed me. And it's just there. So it just one of, one of my followers on Facebook sent me a text. She goes, were you on the world's wildest weather, Mark? I said, yeah, that's oh, right. very cool. She goes, oh, have you just watched it in Canada? Wow. So it's, that's, this must be out. In, in the, so the world's wildest weather, four, apparently. Okay. Dampier, the Pilbara. Oh, we, cool. So get, do you know what it's on? Is it on BBC World? It's BBC it? Earth and Discovery. Um, what old? What old? this weather for? Which I think might go to. Don't quote me on this, anyone, if you're listening. But I think it might go Disney Plus. I think BBC has a thing with Disney Plus, so it might be on there. It might be on the streamers. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, they sent me the, the rushes, if you like. The, yeah, the, yeah. the kind of clip of awesome. The Pilbara. It was really nice. The Pilbara looks really. Good. It looks when you see all the other. Stuff they had someone on that show on that particular one. They had um, these guys went kayaking yep. in the Grand Canyon, and then they had someone else. It was a, a raging forest fire, licking the the houses in Florida or somewhere, you know. Yeah. Like, and then they had 
Dampier, <laughs> right, with Cyclone, with Cyclone Damien. And on the day of the Cyclone, we were hanging, man, we were all hanging out washings and all yeah. that, right? It was, uh, but then it did come and it was pretty, pretty, pretty frightening. Um, Roofs coming off and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the footage I gave them for the, the show, they didn't use the scariest parts. They used, like, mm. they, they didn't, I don't know if they want to frighten anyone, but... <laughs> It looks it looks like a windy day in Scotland. So it's not a it's not a tourist. <laughs> bro- it's not going to bring many tourists here. Is what you said. No, it was it was they were, they, they were really no they were really kind about it and they okay. showed and they they kind of they kind of they gave it a good they gave it a good um a good nudge about Carath and the Pilbara and okay. the aerial shots were really really um really nice to look at you know so I put it put us on the map a little bit with yeah. that it was good it was good to be involved with them. Totally. Well, we cannot wait to uh, not only read the book, I'll have to uh, watch the documentary uh, as well. Mark, can't thank you enough. You gave us some great insights into photography, and I know that there's lots of uh, people that love to get out and take photos, so you've given some good tips today as well. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Listen, that was lovely. Thank you, Pablo. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, mate. From round the corner to your street and neighbourhood, this is Pablo for breakfast. Good morning.